one constant through all the years, Ray. Been Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Pre-recorded in our very own BTG studios here in Rochester, New York. This is the Beyond the Game program, sports talk without the trash talk. I'm Rick Benson. With me, as he always is, is Zach Barletta. Zach, you made a tweet this week. Stop throwing baseballs at people. Yeah, come on, people. Stop it. What in the world happened the other night in that Yankees-Red Sox game? Because in my opinion, everybody's wrong. Here's the thing. When you slide in, as Tyler Austin did, I don't think there was anything malicious. I don't think there was anything dirty. I've heard people calling him a dirty player. I think it just happened. Mm -hmm. But it happened because he came in spikes up. You can't blame Brock Holt for being a little upset about it. That hurts. you know. Mm -hmm. And and you and I texted as we were both watching the game in our homes that that doesn't end there. Brock Holt said what he needed to say. But look, Tyler Austin went in spikes up. I'm not saying it's dirty. I'm not saying it was malicious. But you have to expect, if you're Tyler Austin, that they are going to throw at you. Yeah. I think the important thing to remember here, too, is that by definition, according to the rules, it was a legal slide. It was a legal slide. But still, you came in, spikes up, and it hurts. So you're going to get a baseball thrown at you. Okay, take the hit and get on down to first base. To slam your bat and charge the mound and get yourself suspended in the process. Mm-hmm is in my opinion was foolish. I don't know I did not see the necessity of that. And then it just escalated from there. You got Joey or excuse me, Alex Cora gesturing at Phil Nevin like he's some sort of child and mm-hmm. I just thought the whole thing was the whole ha- thing was childish. I agree. There was an incident. Uh I can't remember what game it was and I can't even remember who it was, but the guy did something and he knew darn well he was going to get hit with a baseball. And it happened and he just went down to first base, and nothing more came of it. There was no need to escalate it. Look, Joe Kelly, whoever it was, somebody on the Red Sox was going to throw at Tyler Austin. And in my opinion, there was just no need for Tyler Austin to react that way. I thought he was wrong in doing it. But by the same token, look, there was nothing malicious about it. All that's happened now is he's got himself suspended and fined. Yeah. I mean, I would have been upset, too, if I was him because he got hit with a 98-mile-an-hour heater, and it was at his ribs, and it got him in the elbow, but that's a little bit high for me. Usually you see something a little softer, you aim for the butt, or you hit him between the numbers or something. That's pretty hard and and up and in. I would have been upset as well. I I can concede that. Look, you you get hit by 98 miles an hour, it hurts, but you get hit by spikes, it hurts. The bottom line is— I will concede it was a little high, but just stop. The bottom line is the whole thing is stupid. Stop doing it. Coming up on this week's edition of Beyond the Game, you've heard him here on our program a number of times over the years. Perhaps you've even read his book, Live to Forgive. Well, former ESPN producer, current Sports Spectrum podcast host, Jason Romano will be here in Rochester next Saturday, April 21st. He's speaking at the Open Door Baptist Church's Men's Courage Conference. Coming up later in the program, we're going to talk with Jason 
and tell you throughout our show how you can be a part of that conference. I hope you'll go out and say hello to Jason in person. The NHL postseason is underway. Despite my love for baseball, despite how much the entire world loves the Super Bowl, whatever your favorite sporting event is, you should know this. It is not better than the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is hands down the very best postseason tournament of any sport. It has the best traditions, the best trophies. And coming up later in the show, we'll share our thoughts with you on how we think this tournament will unfold. Plus, of course, Zach has new shenanigans statements. We'll tell you what it is that we like this week. That's all coming up today on the Beyond the Game program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Come on back. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play, or on our website, MythsAndMysteriesPod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best Welcome back into the show. I'm Rick Benson. With me, of course, is Zach Barletta, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. It was this week, back in 1964, Zach, the Beatles had three of the top four songs in the country. They had the number one, Can't Buy Me Love, number two, Twist and Shout, number four, She Loves You. And if you think that's impressive, well, you'd be right. That's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. But what's more impressive is that last week in 1964, on April 4th, they had five of the top five songs in the country. Can't Buy Me Love, Twist and Shout, She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and Please Please Me. That That's incredible when I heard that. How does I Want to Hold Your Hand get bumped out of that top five? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that's a great point. There is no trophy superior to the Stanley Cup. There's none. There's not a better trophy than Very the true. Stanley Cup. The handshake between the teams after one has been eliminated at the conclusion of a series is one of the best displays of sportsmanship in all of sports, if not the very best. And there is no postseason tournament greater than the Stanley Cup playoffs. You may think otherwise, and I know you don't, Zach, but listener, you may think otherwise, but you'd be wrong. I, seriously, I, I watch all, <laughs> almost any sport. I enjoy competition. I know I make fun of it, but the truth is I even watch soccer on occasions. Those are usually occasions of delusion, but e- even so. <laughs> and while every sport has something special about it, something which fans of that sport relish, the excuse me, the NHL has its postseason tournament. 
The Stanley Cup playoffs is everything that is right about the world. So, Zach, let's you and I go through and see how we compare on our opinions on how this unfolds and who will eventually raise the cup. Let's start out west, shall we? You got Nashville and Colorado. Zach, I don't see any way Colorado comes out of that. I do think they'll win a game. They might win one. They might even win two, but they're not going to win three. No, I don't think so. So I, I've got Nashville coming out of that. I, I really, really, really think the Predators are strong. I Look, I'm going to tell you right now, I've got them all the way going to the final. So I do too. That's going to be a, a repeat story as we go through here. The Predators are a solid hockey team. They're an elite team. They were just there in the final last year. They look really, really tough to beat, and I really don't think Colorado is anywhere close to being in the same league as them. No, I'm glad to see them get back in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. they're not going to be there very long. You got Winnipeg and Minnesota. Uh, I like Winnipeg. I think they're great in goal. I, I like Winnipeg in that series. I do as well. They're very balanced. Uh, only four teams allowed fewer goals than they did, and only Tampa Bay scored more goals. So the goal differential is very much in their favor. And Minnesota is a talented team, but they're probably outclassed here. I agree. I do see them winning a couple of games. I think this series can go six. Vegas, LA Kings, I got Vegas. I'm taking I'm Vegas. i they're there, but I think they're going to win this series. It may go six. It might even go seven, but I think Vegas is going to win. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't play like an expansion team, do they? I mean, we I doubted them all year long, but look where they are. We're always waiting for them to fall off. I know I was. Yeah. You great. You got off to a good start. You rode that <clears throat> wave of whatever it was, expansion excitement, but they never fell off. I don't and know. They score. Man, they score. I don't know if you got a chance to watch them much this season. I didn't watch them a ton, but the games that I did watch, you could tell they just have fun playing together. You know, they're playing with house money. Nobody expects them to win, and they're having a great time. Only four teams scored more than they did. They have a veteran in goal and Marc-Andre Fleury, and we all know in the playoffs a goalie can steal a series. So Yeah, you ride a hot goalie, and you can ride it all the way to the cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. They, they play with really no pressure, and they've done it that way all year, and that's a great advantage to have when you're playing, as you say, with, with house money. Anaheim and San Jose, to me, this is the dog of, the, uh, of of all the series is out there. Mm. So I think because of it, it probably goes seven games to try to figure mm-hmm. out which of the lesser teams is going to advance. And yeah. I think Anaheim advances. Well, finally, we picked something differently. I have seven games as well, but I picked San Jose. Whoever advances out of that is probably losing to Vegas, in my opinion. I have Anaheim. Even if you pick San Jose, they're going to lose to Vegas. I actually... I'm looking at my bracket now, and I have San Jose beating Vegas just because San Jose is a more experienced team. They've been here before. But if Vegas were to beat them and move on, I would not be surprised. Well, I have Vegas advancing out of that, and then I have them losing to Nashville. And I don't think that's going to be much of a, a series at all. No. I do think that the the series that would get you there, the Nashville versus Winnipeg series, would be a lot of fun to watch. That, I was just going to say, I thought I was waiting to hear what you said. I thought maybe you'd say it was going to seven games, it was going to be extended, and I was going to throw in that it was going to just be entertaining. And I think that will be an entertaining series. And Nashville, though, is just too strong. Yeah, Yeah, I have Nashville beating San Jose to go to the cup final. All right, so you and I both have Nashville coming out of the West and the East, Tampa Bay versus New Jersey. I don't see much of a series there. New Jersey's been a fun story, been an exciting Mm -hmm. story, good for that franchise. 
but I can't see him getting past a powerful team like Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay was the highest scoring team in the league. They stocked up on more former Rangers at the trade deadline. New Jersey was middle of the pack in scoring and scoring allowed. So they were a nice story. They're a fun team. They'll be a team to watch next year, but they're in over their heads here. Tampa Bay has a decided advantage in having the Rangers as their minor league team. <laughs> Being able to pull up from a an NHL team is a great advantage. Boston and Toronto. That's going to be a fun one. I've actually got Toronto beating Boston. So do I. Do you really? In seven. Me too. Washington and Columbus. I I like Washington there. I think that's they're way too strong a team. Yeah, I picked Washington as well. I do like Columbus, but I just think uh, I think Washington. There's a lot of pressure on them to win with Ovechkin there, and I think having been here before will help them to get past Columbus. Yeah, I like Columbus, but boy, that's a terrible draw for them when you got to mm-hmm. go up against Washington. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. I got Pittsburgh, and I'm happy to do it because there is not a team in all of sports that I loathe more than the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm actually, before that series is over, I'm rooting for a giant meteor to strike Earth because I don't really <laughs> want either of those teams to win. I'm going with Pittsburgh because they're Pittsburgh. Um, but I do think it will go seven, and I think the Flyers will give them a handful. I do too. I think Philadelphia is scrappy, but I think Pittsburgh finds a way to win this. And then I, th- I think Pittsburgh gets past Washington. I, I know a lot of people have Washington going all the way to Cup, maybe even lifting the Cup, but I think Pittsburgh knocks them off. I have Washington advancing past Pittsburgh, but I do also think that if Pittsburgh were to move on and knock Washington out, also, that would not be a surprise. I think they're pretty evenly matched. Tampa Bay gets past Toronto, setting up a Tampa Bay-Pittsburgh uh, final, Eastern Conference final anyway. And I see Tampa Bay getting past that, in my opinion. What do you got? You said you got Washington going yeah, past? Yeah, we okay. have slightly different routes to the same thing. I also have a Nashville-Tampa-Stanley Cup final. I'm going to just guess. You have Nashville winning the whole thing. I do. All right. I I have Tampa Bay. I like the offense at Tampa. Tampa brings. I like the weapons that they have. That will be a terrific hockey series. If there's a single team in this Stanley Cup playoff in either conference, either division that could knock off Nashville, I think it would be Tampa. So either way, I think we're going to see a long and really fun series with those two teams. Texted you earlier. I found an interesting stat about your beloved New York Islanders. Useless information. I was looking through some of the scoring data for these teams preparing for the segment, and I saw that the your Islanders were tied with Nashville for the seventh most goals scored in the NHL. And I was like, well, how is it that they had such a bad season and aren't in the playoffs? It's because they allowed 293 goals against, which is three more than the highest scoring team in the league, Tampa Bay, scored. So if all the goals scored against the Islanders had been scored by the same team, it would have been the highest scoring team in the league. Terrible. Terrible. Hey, we uh running out of time. Let's get we did hockey. We have to do basketball. We gotta at least take a look at it. We don't have enough time here in this segment left to go through team by team, but let's just go through series by series real quick. Houston, Minnesota, who do you have? There's no way you can have anybody other than Houston. Right. And you got Oklahoma City against Utah. I'm sure you we have take Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Portland, New Orleans. I'm going New Orleans, although Portland's a three seed. I'm going to take Portland just to be a little bit different. I don't want to agree with you on everything, okay. but we'll take Portland. Golden State, San Antonio. Golden State that gets one's past obvious. them. I would not be surprised if San Antonio figures out a way to upset them. Really? I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not expecting that. 
I got Golden State getting past New Orleans. I got Houston getting past Oklahoma City. And then I got Houston getting past Golden State. So basically, who do you have coming out of the West altogether? I'm going to say you either have Golden State or Houston, if I had to guess. I'm sticking with Golden State. Uh, until somebody beats them, I, you know, I can't root against them. Your Toronto Raptors play Washington in the first round. Toronto, I think, will move on rather mm-hmm. easily. Cleveland plays Indiana. I think LeBron is just too much of a power. Yeah. He moves on. Philadelphia and Miami. Philadelphia moves on. Boston, Milwaukee. This one could be interesting. It's a two seed and a seven seed, but Kyrie Irving is not there for the Celtics, so I see Milwaukee moving on. Yeah, with a healthy Kyrie, I would have said Boston for sure, but yeah, that's a big loss. I'm going to take Milwaukee too. I've got Toronto upsetting. Well, I, I don't know if it would be an upset because Toronto is the one seed. I have them getting past Cleveland. I have Philadelphia getting past Milwaukee. And I have Toronto beating Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Final to set up a championship match with the Houston Rockets. Any issue with anything I said there? No, nope, I'm pulling for that scenario. That is your Toronto Raptors. You have an obligation to root for them. And I think Houston wins the NBA championship this year. Which would be refreshing to see a non-Clevelander Golden State team, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I, I, I like it. I think Houston gets past Golden State in those finals. I know... You kind of like Golden State until somebody else beats them, but I think this is be this will be that somebody else. Well, we got to take a break. Glad to have you with us as we go through this hour together, along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Okay, time to take a look back at the week that was in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through April 11th. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Kind of a slow week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics this past week. Last Friday, the men's tennis team lost to undefeated New York Institute of Technology 9-0. On Sunday, freshman Guido Janssen was the only double winner for the Red Hawks, winning at number two singles 6-2 and then pairing with senior Hugo Ball Green at number one doubles for an 8-0 victory. However, the team dropped the match with Cutsdown University 6-3, dropping the Red Hawks to 4-14 on the season. The women's lacrosse team fell to NYIT last Friday 20-8. Freshman Emily Tomei and sophomore Emily Knight each with two goals in the loss. They were back at it on Sunday, and despite getting seven goals from Knight and three more from Tomei, they were edged by the University of Bridgeport 17-16. Roberts currently holds fifth place as they fight for a berth in the 16 ECC tournament. And finally, in men's golf, in their first competition of the spring season, the Red Hawks took seventh place at the St. Thomas Aquinas Spring Invitation. Coming up next Saturday, April 21st, the women's lacrosse team faces an important match with Mercy College at noon on the Roberts Wesleyan campus. That'll be followed by the men taking on the University of the District of Columbia at 3. Again, that's next Saturday, April 21st. That's it for home action for the Red Hawks in the week coming up. You can see a full schedule of games at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you can also get news, scores, you can see game highlights, and much more. And don't forget, you can always follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Red Hawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. 
Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Hey gang, Benson here. You know, because I'm a bit of an introvert, I don't rush right up to people and get in a conversation as I see others do. I wish that were more comfortable for me. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about people. In fact, one of my greatest joys is to help people. The biggest help I can ever be is to tell folks about the grace of God. Now just hear me out. Give me just two minutes, and then because I know you're a smart person, decide for yourself what to do with what I'm telling you. You see, all of us are sinners. And because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us. So much so, in fact, that he sent his son, who is the only one who never sinned. And though he need not die, willingly did so on a cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. He says so in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, that he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But though he gave his life, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He rose again, defeating death, making it possible for us to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness. You see, that's the grace of God I want to tell you about. Forgiveness of sins is available to all people. God's grace is freely available to everyone. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Here it is, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you want to know Jesus, pray to God. Tell him you know you're a sinner. Tell him you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and that he did that for you. And then start a new life, repenting from your sins and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be forgiven of sin, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, Sports Talk. Without the trash talk, Beyond the Game is recorded in Rochester, New York, but regardless of where it is that you're listening from, you can download the podcast by visiting our website. Once again, it's btgprogram.com. You can also find it on iTunes, many other podcast sources like Google Play, and you have the option to subscribe and have it sent to your device automatically. The podcast is downloaded. It's listened to regularly in places like England, Ireland, other places around the world, just as it is throughout the United States. This week, we say hello to Denver, Colorado, where last week's program was downloaded. Ever been to Denver, Zach? I have. It's a very lovely city. I've never been myself, but I most definitely want to go. I've seen pictures of the Mile High City, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. And it must be a good sports town. Got all four major sports, five if you count soccer. The MLS is there. I understand there's a large Asian population there and a growing list of Chinese restaurants, so I'd be happy. I also understand that Denver is the site of the very first Chipotle restaurant. Really? Though I'm more of a Moe's fan. You must have a 
opinion there. Are you Moe's or Chipotle? I'm a Moe's fan because I went to Moe's first, but I also really enjoy Chipotle. Moe's doesn't monitor your salsa usage. They just put it all out there. Rather than give it to you in a little cup like Chipotle, they just put Mm. it out there and say, have at it, which I like. Tom Clancy's The Sum of All Fears is set in Denver. Bad guys try to blow up the city while it's hosting a Super Bowl, but all they're able to kill is just both teams and everybody who's watching in games. So I guess tragedy averted, right? I, <laughs> depending, on, depending on the teams, I suppose. Comedian and actor Tim Allen, born in Denver. The rock band The Fray, originating out of Denver, Colorado, as was Big Ben Bishop, goaltender for the Dallas Stars, the non-playoff Dallas Stars. Ooh. Matthew Berry, ESPN's fantasy sports analyst, born in Denver. Not to be confused with Matt Berry, the very funny Matt Berry from British TV's The IT Crowd. Matt Berry plays the role of Douglas Renham, son of the boss who inherits the company. A great character. I know Zach well enough to know that he would love The IT Crowd. So I think, what, it's been three Four years, I've been telling Zach, you got to watch this show. you got to watch this show. You will love it. I know you love British comedy. And finally, after last week's show, my wife convinced him to sit down and watch an episode with us, and he did. And now I get a text a couple days later that he's been binge-watching the entire series. Yeah, I think we're into season three now after a week (laughs) of watching. It's fantastic. Thanks for listening in Denver, Colorado, wherever you're listening from today. We're glad to have you along. Zach, why don't you give us this week's shenanigans statements? Bill's offensive lineman Richie Incognito's abrupt retirement drastically changes the Bill's draft plans. I'm going to say shenanigans, though I admit. You know better than I, being a bit of a student of the draft, and in particular the Buffalo Bills, but I tend to think that it changes some of what they do, but not necessarily drastically. I think they'll need to address it, at least in a later round, but uh, look, they still need to get a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I uh, I call shenanigans on the statement. It will change the draft plan a little bit. They were going to be taking offensive linemen in this draft anyways. I think maybe it moves up a little bit where you take them. But look, the focus of this draft is, was, and will be for the next two weeks getting a quarterback. Everything Brandon Bean has said has been focused on quarterbacks. It's the most glaring need on the team. So their first rounder, they're going to do whatever it takes to get a quarterback, and they'll figure the line out after that. Obviously, I respect him putting his health first as he cited liver and kidney issues, but he fired his agent, and he was obviously none too happy about taking a pay cut. Do you think any that has anything to do with this decision? I think so, and to be honest, I'm a little confused by it because by all accounts, he didn't like the pay cut that he agreed to, but he agreed to it and he signed it. So to then fire the agent and then after a few weeks of consideration decide to retire, maybe he decided his health was bad enough that it wasn't worth the money he was going to make. But either way, it's a weird situation, just like the Eric Wood thing is. Yep, agreed. Number two, the NFL putting an end to Thursday night color rush jerseys was a bad idea. No, shenanigans. It was a great idea. I Look, I suspect the answer to this question is somewhat generational. Most of the older folks like myself, I, I don't know of any of them that liked them, but I think I've heard you and Darren talking about it. You younger guys tend to like it. I, I can't figure out any reason for them other than to promote that Thursday night game, and they were just unnecessary. They were ugly, and I, I thought they were bland. And, but look, there's no benefit except from promoting that Thursday night game. And I have a suspicion that that Thursday night game's eventually going away anyway. So, 
See, my thinking about the Color Rush jerseys is that it wasn't even so much to promote the game as just to sell more jerseys. But I liked it originally as a concept. I thought it was cool. But then you remember that whole hubbub happened about colorblind people and the jerseys not being distinguishable from each other and now you get about that now you get this silly rule where half the time one of the teams has to wear white so now it's only a color rush jersey for one of the teams now the nfl the change it hasn't completely done away with color rush it's just it's not assigned to thursday night anymore if your team still wants to wear a cool color rush jersey you can do it but you can do it whenever you want to so i think getting rid of it on thursday nights was a good idea so i say shenanigans Number three, the New York Yankees started the season 2-0, but have been in a slump recently, including losing three out of four games to the lowly Orioles in New York and getting blown out 14-1 by the Red Sox. The bullpen has been bad. Giancarlo Stanton has been striking out like crazy. So truth or shenanigans, the Yankees are in trouble. What do you think? I don't think they're in trouble. I mean, a, a week or two ago, I sat here and predicted them to win the division. And Look, the things that have been going wrong for them, while there's been a lot of them, they're all correctable. These guys in the bullpen that are giving up runs, you know they're good. You know they're going to come around. Giancarlo Stanton, you know he's going to come around. He's still hitting the ball hard. He started to come around against Boston. They're going to be fine. It's a long season. It's still early. I'm not worried. Yeah, I say shenanigans. I don't think they're in trouble. Uh, I've taken some heat with people texting me in response to some things I said on social media. They're not in trouble, but they have some things to be concerned about. This is a very one-dimensional team. This is a bit of a challenge for a new manager. I think they'll get it figured out. There's a lot of talent there, but as I say, very one-dimensional. I don't think they want to fall. The Red Sox are good. I don't think they want to fall too far behind and end up playing most of the season just in a wild card chase. Number four, the aforementioned Red Sox. The Mets, the Angels, and the Pirates are off to unbelievably hot starts. Truth or shenanigans, they're all for real. I'm going to say shenanigans because I'm not buying the Pirates. And I'm not buying completely the Angels, though, more than I am the Pirates. The Red Sox and the Mets, though, I like them. I think the Red Sox are legit. I picked them to win the division. The Mets, I think they've got a tremendous pitching staff. I think that it's a motivated pitching staff. you got a guy like Matt Harvey in a contract year. you got some others that have been dealing with injuries. I think I saw on the, the news the other night, the night Steven Matz pitched for the Mets, that was the first time since he made his debut in 2015 that they went through the entire rotation as it as it's designed to be. Their injuries Nobody, have been unbelievable. Right, right. So I think they're playing motivated. I think they're going to have a real nice season. they got a nice lineup. It's not great, but it's nice. Mm-hmm. And I think with that pitching staff, that's all you need is nice. So I, I like what the Mets are doing. But, no, I can't buy into the Pirates – I don't buy completely into the Angels, although they're improving. They got the best player in the game in Mike Trout, or maybe they got the best player in the game in Shohei Otani. I was going to say, maybe they've got the best player in the game and Mike Trout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Unbelievable. And so many people, including myself, even that, well, it's going to take him a while to get this worked out with the spring training he had. As soon as they turned the switch on and the season started, lights out, He fooled all of us, didn't he? I've been watching some Angels games because they're kind of fun to watch. They are a blast. And he's been, man, he's been tremendous on the mound. He, he's he got a fastball that stays at 97, 98 in the late innings just as it is in the early innings. So I, I am buying the Angels, but not completely. See, I'm not buying the Pirates like you because I don't think their starting pitching is very good. And I don't know how they're scoring all these runs either. 
I'm not really buying the Mets. They're talented. They have a good enough lineup and good pitching. But I'm not buying that they're going to be healthy all year long. Like you said, this is the first time in however many years that they've all made a turn through the rotation. It might be the last time, too, because these guys seem to get hurt constantly. I'm also not really buying the Red Sox because, look, they're good. They're probably a playoff team, even though I don't think I had them in the playoffs in our preview. But No, you didn't. You the had back them on the, of the outside looking in. I remember that conversation. The back of the lineup doesn't impress me. The pitching rotation after sale and price doesn't impress me. And now you got Price has random tingling in his fingers. He had arm problems last year. That's a tough break. They might be in some trouble too. And their hot start has mostly been against the Marlins and the Rays. Conversely, I am buying the Angels. You know I have them as a playoff team. They look great. They're fun to watch. And uh, I'm all in on the Angels. There you have it. Zach shenanigan statements for this week. When we come back, we're going to talk with uh, former ESPN producer Jason Romano. He's been on our show a few times, author of the book Live to Forgive. Come on back. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Come join former ESPN producer and author of the book Live to Forgive, Jason Romano, as he shares his story as well as insights from the Word of God. Jason is hosting a Men's Courage Conference at Open Door Baptist Church in Chile on Saturday, April 21st from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Jason will encourage you as he challenges you to let Jesus put courage in you. The cost is $15, just $10 for youth ages 11 to 17. Registration includes continental breakfast and a box lunch. Meet former ESPN producer, author, and current host of the Sports Spectrum podcast, Jason Romano, Saturday, April 21st from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Open Door Baptist Church in Chile. For more information, call the church office at 585-889-3220. That's 585-889-3220. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back into the show. I'm Rick Benson. Across the studio from me is Zach Barletta. Jason Romano is the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. The one-time producer with ESPN is also the author of the book Live to Forgive. And he'll be in town next Saturday, April 21st for the Men's Courage Conference at Open Door Baptist Church in Chile. We welcome him back into the program via the BTG studio line. Thanks, Jason, for coming on and good to talk to you again. Great to talk to you, Rick. Thanks for having me back on. Appreciate it. Well, bring us up to speed a little bit. The book has been out a few months now, and from what I see on Facebook, you've been all over doing some book signings, different appearances. How's the book been received, and how's the touring going for you? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to call it a tour, um, which I'm not, uh, I wouldn't call it that, but that's what it is in many ways when you're going around and speaking about your book. Uh, it's going very well. Uh, I'm Oh, every time I speak or I share about my story or I hear someone who's read the book and they're encouraged by it or it's really helped them in their relationship or it's challenged them or, you know, even just it's made them think, okay, I, I might have to explore this in my life, even though I wasn't thinking about this. Man, that's what, that's when you just look at what God has done and, and just praise him because 
Uh, it's been a really, really uh, encouraging experience for me and just a real joy to be able to kind of go to these different places all across the country, really share about forgiveness um, and just see the need. And then what I would call the epidemic in many ways that exists in this country when it comes to unforgiveness. So it's been really, it's been really a blast to be a part of. The book goes into some very personal accounts of your relationship with your dad and his dealing with alcoholism. What have people been saying to you about their own experiences? I imagine many people have had similar experiences. I, I did too. When I'm reading through the book, I could relate with some of the stories you were telling. I'm wondering if your openness has been a help to others. Yeah, it really has. Uh, I was at a church right around uh, a month ago or so, a month and a half ago in Connecticut here, about 40 minutes from my house, and I was speaking, and I had a 19-year-old uh, college kid come up to me, you know, and he just said, Jason, you don't know what this means by you speaking that I really needed to hear that. I'm struggling with forgiving my grandfather. And then he just went into the idea of, I, you know, he said he didn't have any money and they were selling books. And I said, here, take a book. I said, but you have to promise to read it and then give it to your grandfather. And he did. And he called, he got back to me and told me that it's helped him be able to go up to his grandfather and forgive him. I don't know what he was forgiving him for. Uh, my assumption would, would be it was something similar to what I went through with my own dad. But just the idea that a book and just telling a story of this little guy and his dad from Ravina, New York, would help somebody else in their own relationship be able to heal and to mend is pretty amazing to me. Uh, and I've heard so many more stories from people, just that me too sort of motto of coming up to me and saying, I have a, I, your story is my story. I have the same, I'm going through the same thing that you're going through or went through. And, you know, when that happens, that's when we can really start to heal and really start to enter into a place where we can be open and transparent about what we're going through because so many people live in this secretive bubble that they think that they're the only ones going through what they're going through. And when I'm, I've noticed when I share or when the book is, is shared with someone and they read it, it allows them to come out of that bubble and say, you know what? I'm not the only one going through this. There's others going through this as well. And there's hope to be found in the freedom that is forgiveness. So you'll be up in our area next Saturday speaking at Open Door Baptist Church in Chilai. I've heard the tagline used promoting your appearance, let Jesus put courage in you. Can you talk about that a minute and sort of give our listeners maybe a little bit of what they can expect to hear if they go? Yeah, I'm very excited. It's Saturday, April 21st, Open Door Baptist Church in Chilai, and it's going to be a conference for men uh, about courage. And I'm going to be focusing myself on two specific areas of courage. The first would be courage to forgive, which we've been talking about, and the idea of what it means to live to forgive and how courage plays a role in that, because there is there is a, a lesson, I think, in courage, even though I don't think I'm courageous by any means. I do think when people enter into a place to forgive, that there is a lot of courage in that. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. And then it's the courage to um, be open as a man of faith in the workplace. So courage in the workplace. What does that look like to go to your workplace as a man of faith, a man of God, and live out your faith in the workplace? And that takes a lot of courage, in my, in my opinion, to be open and transparent, again, about what you believe and taking that into the workplace. So I share a little bit of my experience at ESPN and what that was like being a believer 
in Christ and working at such a large company like ESPN. And then I offer some some basic practical ideas and thoughts and even some questions I leave with them to take with them uh, in their own lives to kind of instill that into their their walk, wherever they are, whether it's their job, their family, their relationships, whatever it is. Um, I think there'll be some good takeaways with this. We're talking with Jason Romano, author of the book, Live to Forgive. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Romano. Let's go back a few years. You, you mentioned the workplace and some listeners may be new to our program, perhaps have not heard you on our show before. You were with ESPN for a number of years, working on popular shows like Mike and Mike, a, a G- dream job, as I've heard you refer to it. But you walked away from that to follow God's call into ministry. Was there a particular verse or how, what was it that he used to pr- press upon you uh, that you knew for sure where God was leading you? It's a great question. I don't know if I have an exact verse. I mean, one of my life verses is Proverbs 3, 5, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then 3, 6 is in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so that's been a light verse for me anyways. Um, And that verse probably played a large role in me trusting in God and knowing that my understanding is that I don't want to ruffle the feathers. You know, if I was controlling my life, the dream job at ESPN would stay that way. Uh, and that's where I would have stayed and it would have been comfortable and, you know, earned a paycheck and, and stayed and everything would have been fine. But we not on your own understanding, right? So all of a sudden in my spirit, I'm thinking, okay, it's time to go. I want to do more for you, Lord. What does that look like? And, you know, the second part of that verse is in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so I really just try to focus my life on him, pursuing him, being patient in this process, trying to figure out exactly what the Lord's plan was. And he directed my steps um, to leave ESPN in uh, February of 2017, about 14 months ago, and pursue a calling to, to do more for him in ministry. And yes, I'm doing things still in that realm of what I was doing at ESPN. I'm teaching on a webinar on April 26th. I'm breaking into the broadcasting business and what that looks like. So I'm still doing things in that space. But all of what I do is now ministry, especially it's always been that way, but especially now that I'm able to work at a sports spectrum, to write a book, to share stories in churches and conferences across the country and really live out that calling that I believe the place has, the Lord has placed on my life. So that's kind of where it was. That Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 verse, though, has always stuck with me, and it, it hasn't failed me yet and continues to be the verse that I lean on. You've been hosting the Sports Spectrum podcast, and I've talked with many athletes who have told some terrific stories. Has there been one in particular that you've enjoyed the most, whether that be one story or a particular athlete that you've enjoyed talking to? You know, recently, um, I mean, we, we're about to reach uh, just about 100 episodes on the podcast, which is a nice milestone. Yeah, congratulations. And, uh, so thank you. And I'm so proud of that um, from the perspective of Ford Spectrum being willing to take a chance uh, and try this uh, new model to reach people. And we've had 100, almost 200,000 downloads of the podcast and just reaching a lot of people with these stories. Uh, but recently we had a podcast about a month and a half ago or so with the rapper, the Christian rapper, Andy Minio, and the Eagles, well, he's now with the Bears, but at the time, the Eagles tight end, Trey Burton. Um, Trey, of course, is the guy who caught, who threw the, the Philly special play to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. And I sat down, I was at a conference where both of them were 
were at and their friends, Andy and Trey. So we sat down and we just did a podcast together. Um, there wasn't a lot of prep. There wasn't a lot of um, sort of pre-planned topics or anything. We just started talking, and I, I asked a few questions here and there, but I really wasn't sure where the direction was going to go. And suddenly it really took a turn to a place where it was uh, a discussion about addiction, a discussion about boundaries, about um, pornography, and some really deep you know, struggles that both guys had had, and being a public figure, traveling a lot, being on the road. Um, Andy Minio, for example, made sure he sets boundaries in his life as he travels and does concerts across the country um, to make sure that he never stays by himself in a hotel room mm. just for accountability purposes, yeah, um, which idea. is actually something I'm doing when I come to Rochester. That's what I'm doing. I'm bringing my friend Sean with me as an accountability. Uh, I, I don't mind going places by myself, but I just, my heart is cold just like everybody else's. We're, we're full of sin and I don't want those temptations to come. And having an accountability partner there is important for me. And it's, it's something I actually learned from Andy, um, when he told that story. So Andy Minio and Trey Burton both were talking about that idea of being accountable to each other, having, you know, boundaries set in place so that the temptations, when they come, because they are going to come, we're human, um, you can con- you can kind of conquer those. Um, both through faith and prayer in Christ, but also through having accountability with people who are around you. So I really enjoyed that podcast immensely of uh, the ones I've done over the last, say, two months. Once again, we're talking with Jason Romano, and you can meet Jason in person next Saturday, April 21st, at the Men's Conference at Open Door Baptist Church in Chile. On Twitter, it's at Jason Romano. You've shared this with us before, but could you share with us how you first came to Christ and how he's impacted your life since knowing him? I, I would love to. Uh, it's been Mother's Day of 2001 was the day I said yes to the Lord. So it's going to be 17 years coming up here um, in, in May. And uh, it's hard to think that it's been that long now. But I grew up Catholic, and I was in a situation where I went to church occasionally as a kid, but I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord or even know what that meant. Uh, my grandfather was great in, in taking us to church, Catholic church, and I really loved his um, his heart because he was dedicated to it, and he wanted to make sure that we were there with him when, when he could bring us. But it wasn't until I was 27 years old until I finally heard the gospel for the first time, um, which is sad to say, I guess, when you go to a church, but you don't really hear the gospel. But it wasn't until my brother Chris uh, became a Christian in 1998 and lived that life and walked that walk for a few years until my heart started to soften, and he saw an opening and finally just shared the gospel with me. He told me who Christ was. He told me what God had done for us, what salvation meant, why we couldn't earn our way into heaven, um, why our good works, even though they are good works from the world's perspective, are not good works from Christ's perspective because they don't matter in a lot of ways. We should be producing good works, but that's not what gets you to heaven. So when I finally learned that uh, and grasped that, I was all in. And that's kind of where it came from. It was just just this great moment with my brother, uh, my younger brother, just taking the time to love me enough to share this good news with me. And uh, I always appreciate and grateful, eternally grateful, obviously, to him doing that for me. And uh, my relationship with Christ is now everything. It really is. It's the center of my life. It's um, it's how I model 
everything that I live and do um, through that lens, through Jesus. And um, he has saved me in uh, in ways that I could have never imagined, not just for eternity, but just in the way that he's used uh, my life, my basic normal person's life, and impacted so many. And uh, he's also allowed me to lead my household and be a spiritual leader to both my wife and my daughter and get them into church and help them to, you know, walk with the Lord. And, and you know, again, it's all a trickle-down effect. And it's such a wonderful blessing, uh, and I'm, I'm truly grateful for We're on the phone with Jason Romano, author of the book Live to Forgive and host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. You know we always like to ask our guests this, so what can we pray for you about? You know, it's funny uh, you asked this because I was actually texting with a friend this morning, Rick, about just we were talking back and forth. He was asking me how you're doing and all this other stuff. And then I said, um, you know, the one thing that's been thinking of, that I've been thinking about a lot is getting caught up in trying to achieve more, if that makes sense, trying to um, – get more sales for the book and more exposure for the book and more speaking opportunities and more listeners on the podcast. Like I'm, I know that it's all good and, and great that these opportunities are coming, but I'm trying to not be caught up in the temptation of wanting more or achieving more. So you could pray for me to just trusting God, you know, it's trusting in the Lord with my heart and not leaning on my own understanding. It's really putting my faith in him to know that, if he wants a million people to see your book or hear your story or listen to your podcast, he'll do it. And if he wants a thousand, then that's good too. And to just be content in all situations. And, uh, cause I'm a sports guy. I'm a, I'm an achievement guy and I like results. I like to go after things and, and set goals and accomplish them both in my job. And, and so that's been a real, I don't want to say a struggle, but kind of a push pull type thing with me over the last few months. Well, I thought you did a terrific job with the book. I I enjoyed it. Uh, boy, I tell you, I went from just having real empathy and trying to put myself in your shoes when you told that account of when you're at work and your dad kept calling. And I thought, wow, what 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 a thing. And, and then you went on to talk about boundaries. And, and, and that was real enlightening to me. But then on the other side of things, you talked about your friendship with Daryl Strawberry and how he remembered such details, rather minor details about you individually. And it was just, well, it was tender is what it was. So it, great job with the book. Yeah, thank you. It's um, It's been, again, something I never planned on, something that I never thought would happen. But again, my dad said it, if it can help one person, you got to write it. And so that's why we wrote it. And now we're really seeing that uh, that God has, been using this story to help others, and that's been wonderful. So, well, Amen. Before we let you go, can you take a minute and tell people how they can get a copy of your book and, and how they can keep up with Sports Spectrum? I would love to. Yeah, I mean, we'll, be, we'll have books next week in Rochester um, at the event in um, in Chilai, so that's, a, that's one place, uh, and I'll be there, and I'll certainly sign them if you would like me to. Um, but for now, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it um, on my website, jasonromano.com. Um, there's an area that says book, and you just click on that, and that'll take you to the place where you can order it from the publisher. Um, so, yeah, those are the two best places, and certainly in person next week at the men's event. I'll be there as well, and we'll have some books there too. And the Sports Spectrum podcast is sportspectrum.com? 
You can go to sportsbetting.com or you can also go to um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play and just search Sports Spectrum and the podcast will be right there, um, right there waiting. So, yeah, it'll be great. Jason, thanks for talking with us. Um, hope you have a great time here in Rochester. Make sure they take you out for a garbage plate. <laughs> I love the garbage plates, Rick. I'm all in. Thanks, buddy. We've been talking with Jason Romano, probably had his dream job with ESPN, walked away from it to follow God's calling on his life. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jason Romano. Come on back. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Come join former ESPN producer and author of the book Live to Forgive, Jason Romano, as he shares his story as well as insights from the Word of God. Jason is hosting a Men's Courage Conference at Open Door Baptist Church in Chile on Saturday, April 21st from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Jason will encourage you as he challenges you to let Jesus put courage in you. The cost is $15, just $10 for youth ages 11 to 17. Registration includes continental breakfast and a box lunch. Meet former ESPN producer, author, and current host of the Sports Spectrum podcast, Jason Romano, Saturday, April 21st from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Open Door Baptist Church in Chile. For more information, call the church office at 585-889-3220. That's 585-889-3220. Welcome back into what I think has been another fine edition of the Beyond the Game program. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. While some players in recent years have been reluctant to visit the White House as part of the tradition of championship teams being honored by the sitting president, the national champion University of Alabama football team did in fact visit President Trump this past Tuesday. The president called the Tide's 26-23 overtime win over Georgia, quote, Truly a win for the ages, and he said it will go down as one of the most exciting finishes in college football history of any sport. But the president did more than just praise Alabama's victory. He took a moment to pray with the team. Apparently, it was Alabama punter J.K. Scott who asked Trump if he could pray for the president. The players then circled around and joined President Trump in prayer. Despite some championship-winning teams declining to visit the White House while President Trump is in office, I was pleased by the example of running back Damian Harris. Harris, who has been critical of the president in the past, still acknowledged the significance of such an opportunity. Harris said, It's an incredible honor for us to be invited to the White House. He went on to say that it's something that comes with being a national champion, so we're really thankful for the opportunity. 
Alabama football player is putting personal politics aside and regarding the White House visit for what it is, simply a president honoring an athletic achievement. You don't want to go, that's up to you, but these players did. And not only did they go, but also praying with and for our president is what I like like this week. What I like this week has been the outpouring of support for the Humboldt Junior Hockey Team. The Humboldt Broncos are the team whose bus collided with a semi-truck, leaving, I believe, 16 people dead. Across mm. Canada and the USA, people have been leaving a hockey stick outside their door in a show of support. Benson, I noticed you even have one out. And yeah. I just, yeah. you know, it's... Believe it or not, that was mostly my wife. She insisted on putting one out with a memorial candle. That's why you marry a godly woman, right? Uh. But anyways, the the support that's been shown both in Canada and the U.S. and across the world has really been incredible and uh, what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? Thanks so much for being with us. This has been the Beyond the Game program. Please consider making a donation to this radio ministry or if you have a business, consider advertising with Beyond the Game. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. There you'll also find more information about the program itself. You can listen to past broadcasts, and there's detailed information about how you can know Jesus Christ personally. But before I go, let me extend to you two different invitations. First, coming up Wednesday, April 18th, SCORE International Executive Director John Zeller will be speaking at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton. Service starts at 7, and while you may never have heard of John, his sense of humor, his tremendous storytelling make him well worth coming out to hear. If you're interested in short-term mission trips, want to know more about SCORE International, come on out to First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton next Wednesday, April 18th at 7. Say hello to John. And don't forget that this week's guest, author of the book Live to Forgive, former ESPN producer Jason Romano. He'll be speaking at the men's conference at Open Door Baptist Church in Chai Lai. That's Saturday, April 21st, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. He'll be sharing his story, encouraging you to let Jesus put courage in you. That event will cost you 15 bucks, $10 for kids aged 11 to 17. Registration does include a continental breakfast and a box lunch. For more information, call the church office, 585-889-3220. That's 589-889-3220. Thanks for being with us. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.